0: Guess who's back, 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 back again?
1: Oh my god, we back again
0: back town, back town.
1: Hello and welcome to Neither the time nor the space. A podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and for the first time in what feels like a very long time indeed, I am joined by the triumphantly returning Matt.
2: Now, I'm a little bit out of practice here, so just bear with me a second. Sorry, David. Yeah, <coughs> no problem.
1: <clears throat> Hello there. That was a bad time to take a sip of tea. (laughs) David. What was that? That that was just, hello there. You know, that's (laughs) what I used to say, isn't it? I suppose so. Not normally like that. Um, Right. Yes. Hello, Matt. Hello there. I went a bit Obi-Wan Kenobi. (laughs) You did a touch. Right. Anyway. Yes. Ah, oh, two minutes in, we're already off the rails. Yeah, I was really excited for this new phase of uh, the pod. Ah, uh, no, it's same old shit, isn't it, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, we couldn't even we've hold got... on to. Oh,
2: we're coming back here next year. We'll talk to you next year. We've we've got yeah. as much
1: backbone as like a, a meringue. Yeah, no, I caved. I completely caved. It's uh, and I would say it's 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 probably more my fault than yours, isn't it? Are you probably mm. quite happy just living living your best life out in Romania and uh, I I'm just sat here <laughs> yeah. thinking, I yeah, kinda wanna talk about Doctor Who though, actually. <laughs> now that we've got some new Doctor Who to talk about. I think that was the main difference. It was just I couldn't I couldn't face doing sarah jane adventures or torchwood but dangle a little bit of actual doctor who in front of me and all of a sudden it all comes rushing back i remember why why i do this nonsense um so i i I think a little bit of housekeeping to do up top is probably wise wouldn't you say matt
2: yeah yeah because we've we've brought forward the annual culling of features Yes. If, if you're yeah, here so... for that's besides the point, just switch off.
1: Just listen to the Cloister Bell on Married to Who for a bit. Yeah, you're, you're, you're out of luck. We, we very... Uh, did, I forget, with our last episode, did we ceremonially bin the features officially? I can't remember. <clears throat> it's usually in January, isn't it? Mm. But we, certainly our intention was that we, we were done with them. Um, yeah. So... We we have some new features that we're gonna to trial today, listeners. Um it may be they they carry on into twenty twenty four. It may be you uh never hear them again.
2: Yeah, this is <laughs> uh, this is very much well our twenty twenty-three
1: specials, isn't it? Like we're, we're just trying to yeah, well, just I mean, a few things out there. I I'll I'll pause you there for a second, Matt. You said specials plural. Uh, the first thing I wanted to make clear to the listeners is we have no schedule at the moment. Oh yeah, we we're don't sat even here. know if we're back next week. No, no not at all. We, I, I think in an ideal world, I would like to. Uh, if we can sit down same time next week and do this, but, you know, you, you had an opportunity with, you know, uh, uh, work, but, but the timing worked out this week. I, it's not clear whether the timing is going to work out next week or not. So, mm. please don't think that we're going to be um, releasing an episode about uh, each of the specials on a weekly basis. It would be nice if we can, but it's too soon to be making promises about that, I think. Yeah. Uh, as, certainly... as we're recording,
2: it, it's St. Andrew's yeah. Day, patron saint of Scotland and Romania, so I had a day off mm-hmm. today. and then tomorrow's... Oh, I didn't know it was up. Tomorrow's the... It, well, it's just called Romania Day, but it's like the anniversary of when they... Decided they don't want to be communists anymore. So I have tomorrow. Ah, cool. Off. Next week I'll be at work. So I'm not planning on staying up till midnight to talk about Doctor Who. Yeah. But we yeah. might. We uh, might. And...
1: See how I feel. Yes. We, we will just very much have to play it by ear. Um, but, but if people
2: like these new segments, I don't want messages on Twitter or anywhere else just going, that was really good. We hope you're back next week the decision
1: is ours to make david yes indeed yeah, yeah. and uh we we shall make it uh in, in the fullness of time we shall not be rushed or have our hands forced in any manner um but uh, more broadly matt um how have you been it's been a while yeah
2: yeah um It's been a bit weird, hasn't it? Going from speaking at a designated time every week to just like intermittent radio silence. But yeah, I'm really well. I'm really well. Good. Um, This continues to be a lovely adventure here in Romania. Fantastic. It's only like three weeks and I'm coming home for Christmas. You're looking forward to being back in Blighty? Uh, I'm coming back for four days because the idea of being back in England just isn't for me
1: anymore. <laughs> I, I mean, I've got to be honest. We've not got a lot going for us at the moment. No. Though though it did snow today, so that was fun. Yeah, we've
2: had a bit of snow. Um, you know, I, I just don't want to live in a country that refuses to give back the Elgin marbles, if I'm honest.
1: <laughs> That's a deal breaker for you, is it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Give them back and Impor- I'm all
1: yours. Yeah. Important question, Matt. How old were you when you twigged that the Elgin marbles weren't just some big fancy round balls? Yeah.
2: Um, older than I should have been.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think i pro- I probably in my twenties, I think, is the honest answer. Yeah. Um, I wonder if Britain's ever stolen
2: anything off Romania. I think we've largely been friends. Oh,
1: we must have. We must have at some point. Like, we... We did it to everyone. I I keep saying we as if I'm like
2: born and bred Romanian. But, uh, we we chipped in on the right side of
1: World War 1 and 2, so... You know. Yeah, that's always nice. It's good to know where you stand, isn't it?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um... But yeah, how how are things right. with you? Yeah. I think last time I spoke, new house on the horizon. I think you just moved in. Little Zobs we, we was just... looking at moving and starting school.
1: Yeah, I if, if memory serves, our penultimate episode that we released, we were in the old house, and, and we recorded one in the new house. And then I was like, you know what? I need to knock this on the head for a bit because it was yeah, just I think, I, I think too, I've done too, too many, many balls in the mate. air. Yeah. And then I did the um,
2: cloister bell last week.
1: Yes, which I listened to actually, which is a great listen. Uh, if if you've not checked it out, listeners do, if only because it's it features Matt quite promise, prominently, tacitly admitting that he's basically a Doctor Who fan at this point.
2: Mm. Is that is that what sparked <laughs> you to doing this? Were you a little bit jealous that I was hanging out with Rob and Liam? It was like a contributing a factor. X we're
1: like, oh, I need him back. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I, I just, I found myself after watching the Star Beast and thinking I've got so many thoughts to unpack. And the last thing I want to do is to wade into Twitter or Reddit and try and have it out there, what I want to do is sit down and talk to an actual person if only I had some means of, oh wait (laughs) I co-host a Doctor Who podcast (laughs) for this exact purpose so maybe it's a good idea to just do that rather than assaulting my long suffering partner with uh, opinions about a TV show that she is at best somewhat ambivalent about (laughs) um so yeah in terms of where i'm at yeah we're we're pretty we're solidly moved in now there is a lot of decorating to do because this was a house owned by a lovely little old lady who had not redecorated since i would guess late 70s early 80s (laughs) um So there's some pretty grim choices that uh, we are frantically hitting the undo button on at the moment. We've been uh, removing wallpaper and it's just layer upon layer. It's like wallpaper archaeology. You know, just travelling back to the... Honestly, some of the older stuff, it's got to be mid-60s at latest
2: has, has your you living know. room become like half a foot longer in each dimension just because of the the
1: layers of wallpaper you've removed? It, it genuinely feels like it. Certainly, we, it was about it was best part of a centimeter deep of just layers of wallpaper, polystyrene insula- insulation, you know, the whole kit and caboodle. So there's been a lot of that, um, and yeah, other than that, it's just kind of been. Business as usual. The other main thing, of course, is little Zorbs has started school, which uh, I, I think he he took to like a duck to water. And it's been a much more of a uh, adjustment thing for me and my partner, I think, than it has been for him in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, he, he seems to be enjoying that, which Good. is wonderful. You can't really hope for more than that. It, it won't last but for now at least he's perfectly happy to trot off every morning and go and uh practice uh his letters and numbers and what have you so yeah um but yeah no other than that yeah it's just kind of just sort of ticking along you know um just jonesing about talking about some doctor who so i was wondering that before we get into the uh the other exciting new potentially regular segments, Uh, if we could just dip our toe into a bit of Doctor Who chat, because the first release of this exciting new... Excuse me. uh, This exciting new so-called RTD2 era was, of course, not the Star Beast, but a two-minute Children in Need clip um, I couldn't tell... I, I think it was just meant to be a comedy sketch. But I couldn't quite tell. Um, anyway, I, you watched it, didn't you, Matt?
2: I did. I did.
1: Yeah. And I, I'm assuming our listeners have also watched If you haven't, I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. So uh, please go ahead and uh, check it out. And then you can rejoin us for that. Uh, so, Matt... Mm-hmm. Weird little sketch in which the Doctor arrives on Scarrow, pre-Genesis of the Daleks, um, and accidentally breaks off a mechanical claw of a Dalek, and hands a plunger as a replacement to... um, Oh, I'm suddenly blanking on his name. Uh, Moan What's his name? Yeah. Comedian. Um, Yeah, and... I I don't know. I I didn't think it was funny enough to work as a comedy sketch.
2: <laughs> well, well, it's in, it's important to say because it aired on Children yeah. in Need, didn't it? It did. Which yes. Which is like a charity fundraising TV event in the UK, but largely yeah. targeted at children.
1: Yeah, yeah to, and, uh, I mean, I it's, been, was... it's a family occasion. I, and I will say, this this year's was the first time in a long time that I actually sat down and watched it, and part of it was it was an excuse to sit up and watch telly late with my son yeah. and uh, give him a little bit of Doctor Who excitement. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about, it, if you like, in a bit about uh, Little Zorb's recent exposure to Doctor Who, because there's a lot to discuss there. But... Um, yeah, it was it was nice to sit down and watch children need with him, but I'll be honest, I preferred the uh, Master Chef with puppets sketch.
2: Okay, I've not seen this. This is uh, new to me.
1: it's worth a go. It's got it, it's, um, it's got Zippy and um, George from Rainbow. Oh, Basil Brush there,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I knew he'd be there. Roland Rat.
1: Uh, no Roland Rat, unfortunately. That's but anyway, yeah. And the big revelation from that was actually John Turowd, surprisingly good comedic actor. Okay. Yeah. Less so he Greg Wallace. Of... Greg Wallace overegged it a touch, I think. Mm. John Turowd managed to kind of play it quite straight, which is what you want when you're sensibly the straight man playing against puppets. So... Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it, 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 I thought it was the better sketch of the two. Um, yeah, it was okay. It was cool. okay. Um, uh, and I guess the, the elephant in the room with that, of course, was we had a pre, uh, pre-accident, if you like, pre, uh, um, Davros, you know, not mm-hmm. not in one of his uh, so-called travel machines. And a lot of, lot of hand-wringing about retcons and things like that. I mean, until we see a Davros story set within the already established timeline in which he is up at, about and about walking on two legs and all the rest, then there is no retcon. As far as I concerned, yeah. Um, and I and I, and I certainly I, I, I But having said that, I do understand where some people are coming th- from. Uh, it's one of those things where, like, I, I I really genuinely see both sides of the argument, and I don't want to get too bogged down in it, really. But um, I and I don't know necessarily that we need to <laughs> wow. does that make sense yeah i think you just it's doctor who isn't it you take it as it comes
2: yeah we've seen young davros we've seen old davros yeah yeah,
1: yeah. um it's it, it is what it is so yeah. anyway did you have anything else you wanted to say about that sketch or are you happy uh, to move on that yeah it,
2: it was okay you know We've watched enough of the Doctor Who children in need specials to know they fall into one of two categories. It's either a precursor scene that matters, or it's just a bit of fun.
1: Yes, and this was definitely just a bit of fun. I will say it's... I mean, it's no time crash. Yeah. But then, then what is... Um so I think let's move on to the first of our mooted new segments, oh, which I'm so quite excited, excited Here about. We Here we go. Which we are dubbing Matt's Guide to Romania. <laughs> Matt's Guide to Romania in which I get to ask you one question about life in Romania. Just one. So I thought, obviously, we're going to have listeners bemoaning the lack of any kind of regular allotted uh, meal chat segment. So I thought to kick things off.
2: Forgot about that.
1: Grow up. Right. (laughs) Right.
2: (laughs) <laughs> what's it been, two or three years
1: since it was a real thing? Just grow up. Anyway, uh, I wanted to ask you about not not what is the best meal you've had in Romania thus far. I think that's a discussion for another time. But what's your go-to Romanian snack at the moment?
2: Right, well, most restaurants I've been to have cow brain some sort of testicles and penis on the menu. Uh, it's uh-huh. not that. It's not that. Funnily enough, <laughs> at the start of the school year, I did once order the testicles at the bar we go to all the time, and they were out of stock. Yeah, I just oh, thought, some- someone's going to have to eat them sooner or later. So Yeah. Wedded in Romania. Exactly. So, here's a list of foods that I regularly yeah. snack on. Covered dog picante.
1: Okay, come on, you gotta you gotta unpack that a little bit. What is cover dog picante? Imagine a hot dog sausage, uh, yet yeah,
2: done, but it's slightly spicier than normal. Uh huh. And it's encased entirely in pretzel bread. Whoa!
1: It's like a sausage <laughs> yeah. roll, but it's bread, pretzel bread. That sounds pretty solid. Yeah. That's a
2: good start. And then it comes with, like, spicy ketchup that you d- dip it in.
1: Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, sometimes if, they, if, if I don't could, get school lunch,
2: could... I get one of them and a little spinach-like pastry. Easy. Lovely. Brilliant. Um, I've made a note to say that Romanian McDonald's is better than British McDonald's. Okay, good to know. Okay, because... You can have, with your meal, French fries or dip chips. Now, Now, what, pray tell, is a dip chip? A dip chip. So, in England, I think we would call them steak fries. They're like the rectangular flat chips. But Mm. here, they fry them to holy hell, so they're really good for getting extra sauce on them. Oh nice. And you can get a little portion of Big Mac or Big Tasty Sauce to
1: go with them. Not bad. Not so, bad.
2: Romanian McDonald's, except they don't do have McDonald's breakfast here. That seems to be a bit of oh. an issue. Yeah.
1: Um, then I said and roundabouts. in terms Go on, sorry. I was just saying swings and roundabouts, eh? Yeah. Uh,
2: in terms of chocolate. Uh, I like Milka Max is one of my favourites. Uh, there's a brand uh-huh. of chocolate just called Rom, which is short for Romanian chocolate. That's quite alright. Um, uh, but people here just I've no, had I've no. had
1: a bar of Rom. You've had a Rom. Yeah. Uh, remember a couple of years ago, my partner got me for my birthday a subscription to a <laughs> Snacks Around the World oh, box. Did you get some Rom? One month it was Romania, so partly why I asked this was I wanted to see if there was any overlap. Uh, and oh. I've definitely had rum. If memory serves, is it rum flavored chocolate? No, the, it's like uh,
2: Ferrero Roche, kind of. Oh, it's yes, it's like yeah. got like uh, hazelnutty cream inside it. Yeah, um, then I've really said the best dessert you can get is called Papanash. And what's a papanash? It's just a big donut. Ooh. And then awkwardly they say it comes with sourd cream. They, they they say it comes with sourd cream, but what they actually mean is yogurt. Romania hasn't learnt the word oh, yogurt right. yet. <laughs> yeah. In fact, That's on sweet. a side note, speaking of Romanian not really being with it. Uh, I went to one of the nicest restaurants in Romania. It's got, like, awards up on the wall. Recently, it was voted, like, TripAdvisor's seventh best restaurant in Europe or something. Um, And I said, can I have tea with milk, please? And what they brought me was one cup with tea in it and a second cup with milk in it. (laughs) Now, if my memory serves me right, you like black tea. Uh,
1: no. I uh, it depends on the situation
2: yeah but but I don't right I drink it properly yeah. I like a bit of milk yeah. in it but that notion is so alien to Romanians it drives me insane Yeah, yeah like if you say wild. oh can I have a splash of milk in my tea they they just can't comprehend it they give you like half a pint of milk <laughs> with a tea bag dumped in it or something uh. Man. Oh, you basically get yeah. black tea and separate milk. Honestly, I,
1: um, I, to so, be yeah. fair, I pa- do think in, uh, Britain is the outlier when it comes to yeah. milk and tea. But it's no excuse. Come on, guys. If it's because you're clearly a British man, it's yeah. not like they 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 they're mistaking you for a native Romanian, sidling up and ordering a tea. Well, when
2: um, I can't even remember if I told you this, uh, a month or two ago, I had to come back to England yeah. to, to sign some visa paperwork, and uh-huh. all my students were like, Oh, will you bring us a present from Yorkshire?" So I brought them all an individually wrapped Yorkshire tea bag, and I, I think <laughs> I've basically become a drug dealer. Like they, they go <laughs> mental for it. It, it was one one girl's birthday this week, and she yeah. like halted my lesson, and she was like, "Come on, sir, it's my birthday. Give me some Yorkshire Gold. Upgrade me to Yorkshire Gold from just normal Yorkshire tea." <laughs> so I bought I bought a box of Yorkshire Gold, and before I could yeah. open it and just say, "Oh yeah, help yourself, take a tea bag," she just snatched the box away and just went, "Thank you," and ran away. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I was furious. Um, <laughs> right, back to snacks. Not necessarily a snack, but the best two Romanian foods are somali and meech. Okay. Meech is just mm-hmm. basically... Um, I- I'm not going to refer to it by what the British people call it, because it's like an offensive word. But you know Mr Brain's pork? And you pl-
1: I do, yes. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. It's basically those. Okay, okay right. Um, if you're an international listener, the, uh, there's a pork product, which the it, name you is Google also it. a homophobic slur. Yeah. So I'm not going to say yeah, that. It's... Um, but Somali is minced pork wrapped in a cabbage leaf and steamed. Unbelievable. But... Wow. The best Romanian snack... This is your pick, is it? Yeah, yeah. Because every day I get school lunch. And I used to get school lunch Mm. in Britain, but it'd be like a horrible damp sandwich. The school I'm working at now, because it's a private school, has external catering and the food's unbelievable. So Mm. every day you get a main course, a dessert, some fruit, and you get a starter. Now, some days it's salad, but three times a week, David, on a Monday, a Wednesday and Friday, the school dinners are always better because you get soup. Now, I was Uh never big on soup in Britain. It was okay. Yeah. The soup here is phenomenal. What's so good about this soup then, Matt? Uh, just, I don't really know. So, like, they do what's called a sour soup, which is like uh-huh. a watery broth, but I don't know. It is kind of sour, but it has like polenta dumplings in it. So mm. good. So good. And you get a nice Kaiser roll to go with <laughs> it as well. Uh, it, sa- it sounds
1: good. And then, because I've worked with about. the
2: dinner lady, she gives me an extra Kaiser roll. Nice. That might be how Definitely. I get my visa marriage. <laughs>
1: okay. Um, okay I, I I'm now wondering that you know, we, 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 we you established up top that there are certain Romanian eating habits which are very different to ours. Yeah. And you're sat there thinking how wonderful this soup is, not quite knowing what the secret ingredient is that makes it quite so delicious. Mm. If you discovered that it was for example sheep's piss. Just a just a few drops of sheep's piss in the yeah. broth. Yeah. Just to really give it that edge. Hon- would honestly, that be enough to curtail your Romanian soup habits? Honestly, knowing Romania, it
2: quite possibly could be, right? So <laughs> Yeah, the the school term dates are all a little bit wonky here. Mm. Okay, so technically I'm in term two for three weeks before Christmas. I don't really get right. that. So me and my friends went out this week to celebrate the end of term one, and we went to a medieval themed restaurant. Right. Okay. It, it was great. We ordered. There was four of us. We ordered the menu for six, so we got the biggest like portions. There was no cutlery; you had to like eat with your hands. It was great. Okay, now I'm gonna yeah. read you the menu and see if you can see which of these foods perplexed me. Okay. Okay. Pork chop. No, it's pretty standard. Yeah. Chicken wings. Beef steak. Mm-hmm. Pork leg. Liver yep. wrapped in bacon. Yeah, a whole chicken with a banana shoved up its ass. <laughs> chicken thigh. Uh-huh. Which one of those do you think? Is... And you know me well; you can gauge my reaction. I was just sad. like everyone was just shoveling meat into their face, and I was like, "Guys, why? Like, does?" Just chicken. Like, I know you get chicken and plantain, like in the Caribbean and stuff. But uh-huh. well, this is a medieval restaurant. Has the chef put the banana up the chicken's ass on purpose to make me laugh? Like, <laughs> I've I've got to send you this picture, David. It's it's on my Instagram. Hold on, let me. It's a picture. It's got my friend in it. But if you look closely at the centerpiece dish on this platter because it really perplexed me. Um, In fact, I'm going to send you that picture, because I think it looks better. But... (coughs) Now... What's even funnier is at the other side of the platter, there's a second chicken that doesn't have a banana up its ass.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm right. at a loss for words, Matt. I'm let, at a me, complete loss let me for words. Send
2: you a picture for context. This has got my friend's <laughs> face in it, so you can see the sheer quantity of meat that was on the table. But yeah, just right in the middle, and in fact in this second picture, you can see better that the banana <laughs> up the chicken's ass was on fire.
1: <laughs> Christ alive. Right. That is that is a big pile of flesh,
2: for sure. Yeah, we worked it's out it's, uh, it's uh, seven kilograms of meat we ate between the <coughs> four of us. Good
1: gravy. Right. yeah well and it only cost us £18 a head. <laughs> Bargain.
2: Right, I believe we've got a new segment to move into. We do.
1: We should, we should move on. Honestly, I th- my, my idea with this, Matt, was by limiting myself to one question, it wouldn't completely derail the pod and we'd end up talking about Romania for three hours straight. Uh, you'll be thinking about and that it's...
2: chicken all week.
1: Like... I will. <laughs> I really will. Oh, that was uh, extraordinary. Thank you so much for sharing that. Matt. Uh, will, will you po- post that photo on, on the Twitter feed when this episode Yeah, uh, when this, yeah, episode, when this episode drops in January Cause...
2: 2024 like we promised and we're yeah, people the, of our words. The,
1: the, 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 the listeners need to see that. Yeah. Oh my word. Right. Okay, Matt. We have another new segment. It could be a one-off. We'll see how this goes. Um, I'm not going to say anything else to introduce it, Matt, roll the music. welcome the host of Docbusters David uh, yes folks yeah we're, we're doing blockbusters but it's Doctor Who yeah I I am very excited about this uh, for the for the for the nitpicky uh, people in the audience old enough to remember blockbusters uh, we are specifically doing the gold run round of blockbusters. Because, of course, that's the only one you can play with one player. Um, uh, So, for the uninitiated, Matt has in front of him a 5x4 hexagonal grid containing, uh, in each hexagon, either a two- or three-letter run of initials. Each of these pertains to the answer to a clue and what Matt has to do is to try and form a line from the left hand side of the grid to the right by correctly answering uh, these questions if he gets one wrong then that hex goes uh, black and uh, sorry that that hexagon will go dark and uh, will essentially block his path.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's the way it works. Uh, the way it worked on, on your classic blockbusters, the contestants would have 60 seconds to try and get from one side to the other. I can't be bothered running a timer. So um, I'm going to say, Matt, you've got five questions. So if at the end uh, of five so if questions... I get, you've... If I get one wrong, I fail no 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 all it, all that happens is we'll hit pause and we'll continue with the same grid next time ah okay
2: now knowing so that we were doing you... a quiz david yeah um i i i bought some doctor Who memorabilia today did you yeah because i thought with us doing a quiz i could put my thinking cap on so let me just send you this uh-huh this is my new quiz thinking hat.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Good stuff, Matt. Yeah, Good we're stuff. not putting
2: that on Twitter. That's just for me and you. <laughs> yeah, we've got to have some secrets. We do indeed. Right, okay. David. So, looking, Matt, looking at the grid.
1: Yes, and, and to, be, to be clear, listeners, we're, we're aware of this. This is not great radio. <laughs> Because yeah. there is a visual element to this, uh, if you go on the Twitter feed, uh, Matt will have posted a picture of the grid, so you can sort of no, follow along. I, I won't because what... we need some secrets, David. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Right, straight okay. away. I think I know one of the answers before we even start. Okay. So, wh- where do you want? What do you want to start with? Can I have JNT, please? And is it Jonathan Nathan Turner?
1: Okay. Um well, what I was going to say Matt, was uh you, you oh, do, do have, have to start, start at the left you have to the... start uh, either at the left or right hand side. Right. I'm going so... to I'm going
2: to take a low path here because okay. That hesitation makes me think I
1: might be right. Can I have SPC please? SPC. Okay. Uh SPC. London Landmark. With a distinctive dome that features prominently in two Cyberman stories. Okay, I
2: remember specifically Capaldi and Missy standing in front of St Paul's Cathedral. Correct, Matt. That's your first. It's even gone yellow on my screen. Yeah. Um. Do I want OK or JT? Do, I'm going to take please do JT. Do not tell
1: my employers the amount of time that I yeah. <laughs> I spent during work hours putting this together.
2: Right, I'm going to take JT because if I JT. don't get this one, there's still a path open.
1: Okay, so you're 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 aiming you're you're trying to get to that JNT because you're very confident with that one. So, yeah. Um, okay, so JT. Supporting character, played by Camille Corduri, who featured in series 1, 2 and 4 of New Who.
2: Oh, uh, it's Jackie Tyler.
1: It is Jackie Tyler.
0: Yes.
2: Well done, Matt. Right. Obviously, the next step then will be AUC, please. Oh,
1: I've made this too easy, Matt, for you. Oh, the that's first an unearthly ever. child, isn't it? It is. First ever episode of Doctor Who on an unearthly child. Right. Give Bingo. me JNT. The longest serving and final producer of the classic Who era. Uh, is that gin and tonic? <laughs> I'm afraid I've got to take your first answer, Matt. Uh, it, it's, <laughs> it, it's Jonathan Nathan-Turner, isn't it? Okay, just to be clear, you're saying Jonathan Nathan-Turner. Yeah. I'm just quickly... Okay, I'm really sorry, Matt. I'm going to be a bastard here. It's John Nathan-Turner, not Jonathan. And John is not short for Jonathan, mm. which is why I was going to check. If it okay. was, I'd have given it to you. All Come right. on. All right. There we go. So that one's off the board. Right, I guess I'm going to take JB then. Yeah, it's interesting, the one that you are most confident about there. Yeah, I think I might know this one though. Okay, JB. The Doctor, in particular their fourth incarnation, are fond of these sweets. Oh,
2: that's not the question I thought you were going to ask. I am going to say Uh Jelly Baby.
1: But I thought the answer was going to be John Barrowman. <laughs> yeah, no, it was Jelly Babies, and you are correct. Okay. Because we're far out of be, five I'm across, gonna...
2: should we play this to completion?
1: I think we should, because you're so close. Let's go do it. I I just, I just, didn't want it to be over too quickly, but yeah, okay. Uh, could You've I got one, one more. TCT, please? TCT, so sticking to the the bottom row here. Uh, And I've just remembered. So I'm just going to rephrase this, so you might have to edit this slightly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Villain who has so far only appeared in one televised story. Uh, The fact you said so far... (laughs)
2: Yeah. Okay. Now the problem there is it depends when we release this episode <laughs> <laughs> because I think that might change. I believe it's the Celestial Toy Maker.
1: You are correct, Matt. You've completed the gold run.
2: I'm doing the Blockbusters dance. have How come on Blockbusters sometimes it was two against one?
1: Um, it's just, it's the it's the format. It's mm-hmm. a really weird format. Yeah. I I, I've never really quite understood it, but that isn't the way they always did it, isn't it? Uh, but anyway, there you go. So I, that was slightly anti because it, it was too easy for you, wasn't it, Matt? And I that do think busters. there are some, there are busters, some really... Busters. There are some really bloody hard ones in there. Is CIN but, children in
2: uh, I'm, I'm going to get all of these. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. No, you're not, because we're done. We're done. It'll be a right. different grid next time. Okay. So I, I hope that was all right. I have no idea whether that segment will have worked or not. No. But I kind of want... Unfortunately, I, I, because yeah. we've had the great
2: culling of segments, we won't be doing listener tweets to find out if people liked it.
1: Oh, no. Well, not to worry. (laughs) Well, I I enjoyed myself. I had fun. Yeah. Good. Great.
2: It's staying then. Yeah, we don't do this for anyone else other than ourselves. We really really don't. No. Uh,
1: I've only done this podcast for,
2: like, however long. Ten years, it feels like. Just because I was like, it'll put a smile on David's face. That'd be nice. <laughs> and you Countless know what hours of my life
1: wasted. Come on. <laughs> uh, I think it's time. Back. Should we talk about the Star Beast?
2: Yeah. Now, let's. Although this is a new dawn for the pod, David. Yeah. Some things never change. So, would you rate this episode? Good episode. Bad episode. Good episode. Some. Sums... Bad bits, bad episodes, some good bits. Or anything else. Just whatever you feel.
1: Oh, I have been wrestling with this so much. I really have. Because, objectively, it's fine. Like, it's not bad TV, Right? It's, it's entertaining. I think it succeeds in exactly what it sets out to do. But I kind of d- don't want what it's offering me. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, it's like everyone's like, oh, it's so great. It's RTD's back. Catherine Tate's back, David Tennant's back, and I'm just like, no, give me something new. It was was everything I expected it to be, and not one jot more. (laughs) See,
2: I... Do you know what I mean? As I said when we spoke in the week, I, when watching this, you know, this is the first time for me sort of, not necessarily the first time, because we had a little bit at the end of Jodie Whittaker where there was new episodes I hadn't seen. But, you know, this is like quite a big step for me in my Doctor Who journey, as it were. Yeah, definitely. And I watched (coughs) it the other day, and I had a really good time with it. Great. And then, then I sat back and thought, is that because of the episode? And is it just because I'd made it so I was really silly excited and I was a bit giddy and I'd built up like this positive mindset that the episode could have been bad and I'd have still had a good time with it. But then I rewatched it again this evening. It was okay. It was fine. So, yeah, I kind of tie in with what you said. Like, the The event, for me, was more than the actual episode,
1: yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's it makes a lot of hay out of it being these specific characters, and this particular tone returning, mm. you know, there was a lot of talk when rtd was first announced to be making a comeback and you know i've i've been very on the fence about it ever since that first announcement i've 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 been very open about that on the pod and that's not me trying to bash the rtd era at all it's just it's it's not my favorite um, and a lot of people within the fandom were saying oh but RTD has matured so much as a writer. You look at some of the work he's done after Doctor Who and it's so sort of considered. And, you know, he's just, he's developed so much as a writer. Um, no sign of that in the Star Beast. <laughs> like, at all. It no. is so completely in line with everything he was doing in uh, particularly series three and four of You Who. It's like yeah. slap bang in that same mould. And there's nothing wrong with that. It was extremely popular. It, I enjoyed a lot of it. And, and, you know, I enjoyed a lot of this episode. But especially for what is, you know, being pitched as a celebration year, you know, a, 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 a celebratory event of the history of Doctor Who, um it didn't really feel like that to me. It just felt like reheated leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, there was a lot um, of that. Yeah. And there's no you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I like a slice of cold pizza as much as the next man, but it's not it didn't. It didn't sort of deliver on the promise of being uh, an anniversary celebration type episode for me, personally. Yeah. Um, but like I say, th- there were still a lot of elements of it that I did enjoy. And uh, as we get to them, I will definitely be praising them. Uh, but I think we kind of we've set out a stall enough. Let's let's dive into this story. and uh, Right. Yeah. Give it a go. So, this is
2: the Star Beast. This is the 60th anniversary special one from the 25th of November, yes. 2023. Written by RTD, but based on a story by Pat Mills and Dave Gibbons. Directed by Rachel Talalay. Yeah. Um,
1: anything anything well, I think you want to say about any of that? <coughs> well, I think it's notable that this is the first time that uh, Doctor Who has adapted uh, comic book source material uh, in on TV. Uh, Big Finish have done it. They've done some direct adaptations of uh, DWM comics. But, um, yes, yeah, never happened on TV before. And I thought it was really nice and notable that they, you know, they had that on-screen credit for Pat Mills and Dave Gibbons right from the off. Mm. Um I'm trying to think, because obviously we had, we had Human Nature, which was an adaptation of a Virgin, uh, Virgin New Adventures novel, from Paul Cornell, but it was, it was Paul Cornell adapting his own novel. Yeah. And likewise, he had Dalek, which was loosely, very, very loosely based on. A big finish. Likewise, Rise of Cyberman, I think, was very, very loosely based on a big finish audio, but so loosely that it was a different name. And uh, so they got away, I think, with not crediting the writer of the uh, audio that it was very loosely adapted from. So I'm just trying to think whether there is any other precedent here of a sort of adapted from, credit, in the titles. And I I don't think we've ever seen that on Doctor Who before. So that immediately is interesting to me. Also, lovely to have Rachel Talalay back. Mm. Um, I don't think she gets as much to get her teeth into as she did with the Moffat finales. Um, But still, there are some sequences in here. There are some moments where I just thought, Oh, that's nice. And I, and I wish we'd had some of that. Um, I don't know, sense of grandeur that Rachel Tallalay can bring with her direction that was, I think, a little lacking in at times within the Chibnall era. Now, one, one thing
2: just to ask before we really get into the story. Did yeah.
1: you watch this episode as it aired? Uh, no, I watched it a few hours later on iPlayer because it... Uh, it was sort of clashing with little Zorb's bedtime so
2: I reached a point where I was like I just need to get a VPN I can watch this on iPlayer you know that yeah. was my plan turns out
1: it was on Disney plus that's where I watched it yeah yeah it's on Disney plus basically everywhere in the world except the UK oh really yeah did you not hear about that deal? I, I knew there was um, like controversy
2: about it, but I thought I didn't yeah. know whether even in the UK it was on Disney Plus.
1: No, it's not in the uh, on Disney Plus in the UK, but it is literally everywhere else because Disney have stomped up quite a bit of cash for this. Yeah, so
2: on Disney Plus here, it was literally like the banner uh, program show, as if it was one yeah. of the big Marvel movies had been dropped.
1: Yeah, that's quite exciting. Yeah. Though I do I do feel slightly sorry for the Disney execs because this is one of the worst episodes to start someone on. <laughs> They've yeah. never seen Doctor Who before. I'm I'm alright in thinking all of old uh, Doctor
2: Who's gonna go on Disney Plus. I know it's on iPlayer at the moment. I
1: would be surprised if that is the case. I've not heard that. It would just
2: make things a lot easier for me. Like, it certainly
1: works. <laughs> I, might, I might ring
2: Mickey Mouse and see if we can make a deal. Yeah. Right. Let's do this. We've yes. done nearly an hour. Okay. So we open with an introduction. Once upon a time. Once upon a time, Lord. That recaps
1: yeah. the story of the Doctor and Donna. I get why this was necessary, but it was shit. Yeah. Do you not think... Yeah, it, it looked it looked bad, like David Tennant just sort of hovering in space. Yeah. Like it, it it felt very hasty. Yeah, in its execution.
2: Um. So Donna has a daughter now, but she still feels yep. something is missing from her life. You know that is obviously yeah. her adventures that she had with the Doctor, but. The doctor fears something is approaching. Donna feels it when she has dreams. Something is coming. Yeah. Now one, I've made a bit of a note to say I quite like the new titles.
1: Yeah. Broadly, I like them. There's a couple of like weird cuts, like where it, it visibly it like it cuts from one angle to another, and I'm like. I don't know. I kind of like that sense of of a good doctor who title of you're just you're just being pulled into the vortex, mm. you know. Uh, and and so it doesn't quite have that flow to it that I would normally like from a doctor who title sequence, but that's splitting hairs. The other thing to say is I I wish we could like legally prevent Murray Gold from dicking around with the Doctor Who theme anymore. Because I am so sick of his takes on the Doctor Who theme. It's what he does best. It's what he lives for. Oh, It's it's too much, Matt. And we haven't even talked about the, the end theme. We'll get to the end theme. Mm. I don't know if you stuck around to listen to the end no, as soon as it finished, I immediately
2: Music. turned it off because I also noted oh. that they've put King of the Hill on Disney+. Plus, so I've been watching a lot of King of the Hill.
1: Oh, fair enough. So I uh, straight No, back. A, there's this really weird heavy breathing effect that he's using on the closing end theme. It sounds really odd. Honestly, it sounds like Rolf Harris doing his shtick over it. Over <laughs> Which is right. not, no, exactly. It's not not something you want to be reminded of, especially not on a family show.
2: Right. So we're in London. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The tar disappears, and I've made a note of saying the Doctor seems to be really chipper, considering everything he's just been through. Like,
1: yeah, seems to be. All I right. don't know. He's just he's just come off the back of an, an exciting adventure with the Daleks, so. Uh, but yeah. you wouldn't know about that if you haven't been keeping up with the DWM comics so no no uh, so he as he's
2: known to do attempts to help somebody lifting some boxes and it's yeah. Donna so he lifts the top box off the pile sees her face puts the top box on which
1: she's not happy about uh, yeah i like that good 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 visual gag like it was sort of understated but I love that it immediately kind of gets us into one of the central perils running through this story. Yeah. You know, absolutely no messing around. So Donna begins to call for
2: Rose, which confuses the Doctor, mm. but Rose is the name of Donna's
1: daughter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, whilst which, the... you know, yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, Whilst they're having this conversation, a ship crashes, but Donna misses it because she's picking all the boxes up. We get a little nod and a wink towards Wilf when she's like, oh, your great-grandad, he would love this sort of thing. Um, Yes, yeah. Now, Donna says she doesn't like the Doctor's suit. Now... Yes. I... I've got, like, a long coat, a bit like what Tenant wears here. Uh And quite often I like doing the Tenant stance when you unbutton the coat but put your hands in your trouser pockets.
1: Yeah, so you just get that sort of, like, casual but but majestic sweeping. Yeah, like billowing cake behind
2: me. So I disagree with Donna. I like the Doctor's suit. Well, Uh,
1: the the coat's probably fine. She specifically says, and I do like the line you can get away with wearing a suit that tight up until the age of 35 and no further. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, yeah. is a nice little nod to sort of, obviously, the, the, the difference in age between the 10th yeah. Doctor in appearance and, and the 14th and the sort of intervening years. Uh, but, yeah. So,
2: to get to the crashed ship, the Doctor takes a cab with the driver who is Sean, Donna's husband.
1: Yes. And
2: he manages to win Sean's trust. And this is a deep cut by saying he's friends with Nerys. Uh, That goes all
1: the way back to Runaway Bride. It does. Yeah, I mean, you say it's a deep cut, but anyone who's an active fan will, will immediately know Nerys. Yeah. because she's referenced so much throughout Donna's tenure and if you don't remember it doesn't matter
2: yeah I you know that's fair. the
1: scene the scene works just as well like you you can tell just from the reaction of Sean what you're dealing with with Neris and everything you know uh, that's it's the kind of thing where I, I you I will I will quite gladly give rtd props for he has always been so good at the minutiae of day-to-day life see one bit that i did think was quite funny was
2: when sean says how's neris and the doctor goes yeah she's fine and then he goes what after her accident and he goes well yeah she's not fine he goes, Well, it was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, she's been fine. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I did think that was quite good. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the yeah. doctor asks Sean about obviously Donna's lottery wins. It turns out she gave all her money to charity. And yes. at this point, in case you didn't know RTD was back, we cut to a BBC News report of an alien invasion.
1: Oh. He knew exactly what he was doing there. Yeah. Now, the the optimist in me likes to think because, because what happens is the the BBC news reporter is doing his spiel to camera and then almost immediately gets bundled into the back of a unit van. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I like to think that that's maybe RTD signalling to viewers like, yes, this was this hacky thing I used to do. We're not going to be seeing it going forwards. I'm done with that. So it was him literally kind of like putting that away. It remains to be seen. Well, you know, we, we'll have to wait and see whether that sort of makes a reappearance in 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 sh- the Shooty Gatwa era or not.
2: Yeah. So the doctor breaks in because it's a steelworks where this ship has crashed, uh, and yeah. this is where we're introduced to Shirley Bingham, uh, unit science yeah. coordinator lady, uh, yeah. who says she fears that the ship has actually parked rather than crashed. It's sat upright. It doesn't seem to have, you know, the course it was going on smashed through.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, thing to note here, I'm, I'm a little sad that we've got no Oz good. But, um, you know, Ruth mainly seems like a reasonable, you know, uh, alternative. So, I'm happy to go with it. Do you think that's because the rumours are true and we're going to get a unit
2: spin-off show? I can't I even so. remember. You know did what? we start that rumour?
1: Like I've just got that idea in my head. I don't know where I heard it. You probably heard it from me, and uh, I think, I think the Mirror reported it, and the Mirror have a surprisingly good track record when it comes to Doctor Who scoops. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't surprise me. It's it's. Such a no-brainer of a spin-off that I'm amazed no, that that it hasn't been greenlit before. Yeah. We haven't had previous attempts. To be honest, I think it's what Torchwood should have been. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see.
2: Okay. So, part of the episode I think we need to talk about, David, is yeah. Donna and Rose walking home, and a group of young men shout some abuse at Rose. Yeah. Um, obviously well,
1: specifically, specifically, they dead neighbor. her.
2: Yeah, yeah. That, I, I was about to ask uh, whether that's yeah. the correct term. That is, yeah. Yeah, so they refer to her as Jason. Yeah. And
1: we get... Uh, a... Which, in, in, interestingly, I was listening to... Uh, I mean, it's insane the amount of behind-the-scenes stuff that the BBC are doing for at least these specials. I don't know how much of it's going to carry on going forwards, but they've there is now an official Doctor Who podcast that the BBC are producing. Oh, really? And, and yeah, it's on BBC Sounds, which you will be able to get without a VPN. In in yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Romania. Um, it's worth a listen because like RTD pops up and with little factoids and things in it. Um, And one of the facts that he mentioned was uh, Jason is apparently a word that means doctor or healer. So Ah. that was a very intentional choice because obviously seeded all through this story is Donna is subconsciously still being influenced by her time with the doctor. Mm -hmm. So that, that's kind of one of the ways in which that influence is showing. Um, So I thought that was interesting. Uh, And I will say props to RTD. I think this was handled really well. I am not going to say that about every aspect of uh, what he's done with uh, the character of Rose in this story. Mm -hmm. But I think it is... I think it is really important that... People are just shown in a really frank, unsugar-coated way what life can be like for ordinary trans people in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was, it was, it was. I think handled really well. So
2: I'm, I, I, I'm not qualified to speak on that sort of thing. Obviously, I have my own mm. views. Um. But what I thought was a good use of this issue is Mm. it shows that the character of Donna has gone from being just outwardly furious (laughs) at everything, as she was in the past, to kind of directing that into upholding principles,
1: if that makes sense. Yes. And being, being a protective mother. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that I think the Donna we meet in Runaway Bride is quite a self-centred individual. Mm. Yeah. And the Donna we meet in Starbeast is now so... Even though she's lost the memories of her time with the Doctor she's no longer that self-centered individual you know it's 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 spelled out clearly from the moment you hear that she gave away her lottery winnings mm. Um, so yeah I, I I do think it's another way in which they show that she's not just she's not just a mum but she's a good mum she's a mum who has her daughter's back yeah yeah um And, uh, yeah, it was nicely done. Yeah.
2: And I thought it was a good representation when we saw Sylvia as well, who, again, in the past, was kind of like a bit of an old battle axe character. But we see that she's trying to be caring as well. You know, she says she doesn't know whether to refer to Rose as beautiful, doesn't know, and you know, and... There's definitely people out there that feel that way, you know, who oh, want absolutely. to be supportive but are yeah. almost fearful of getting it yeah. wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think the older you get, the harder it becomes to just move with the times as much as you might want to instinctively. Stuff passes you by more, things change in a way that you didn't see coming. Um, and so, I think there are so many people of Sylvia's generation who are now in her position of, you know, having trans fa- friends and family members, and, and and not quite knowing, not just not knowing quite what is the the correct way to deal with that, and and feeling like they're treading on eggshells when they don't necessarily want to be. And so, again, that it it's this is. This is ITD's writing at his best. This is what he's so good at. At just bringing out day-to-day experiences, but ones that are still interesting and uh, illuminating to spend time with. So it's not boring. It's not mundane, even though it is grounded. And, and doing that in the context of something that also has lots of big, splashy, silly sci-fi and action and stuff like that is brilliant because that means you're getting way more eyeballs on it than you would if it was just a very worthy drama about yeah. trans issues. Yeah. Um, and that's why this kind of thing is so important, I think.
2: Yeah, and I, I think as well, it normalises it. Normalizes it. You know, if there yeah. was a very specific drama focused on that issue, I, I mean, I, I'm making a sweeping generalisation, but there's a certain demographic of people that would just wouldn't watch it. But, yeah. Um, but by you know just embedding it into normality of everyday life, yeah, in a TV show, you're embedding it into the normality of everyday life. It, it, exactly,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, we we'd probably better move on. But yeah, yeah.
2: Right. So, uh, yeah, they go home to Sylvia, who denies to Donna that there was a spaceship because she's obviously worried that yeah. there's some memory in yeah. Donna. Uh, Rose is running a business in the shed. She's making toys. She goes out there. That's where Sylvia and Donna have this discussion. And yeah. Donna again uh, mentions Wilf and says, you know, he always used to talk about this sort of thing and then all of a sudden he stopped when she had her breakdown. So the family have kind of written this narrative that there was a period where Donna had become unwell and that's why she has this almost like fugue state that she can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, Now Rose speaks to one of her friends, and again, this is how we know RTD's back. Because that boy's name was Fudge. (laughs) You're not making that up. I didn't catch it, so... Uh, I only... Because I had the subtitles on today when I was making notes, so I could get people's names. But it's like he's never met a Jonathan, or a David, or a Peter. (laughs) You know...
1: Uh, I you know I'm assuming the idea is it's a nickname, mm. and by giving a, a minor side character a nickname, it makes them a more three dimensional person. Yeah, well, I can see the writerly logic behind it. Look out for the adventures of Fudge on Big Finish,
2: 2025. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he says there's an escape pod landed close by. It's not just the big ship, mm. but when they go to look. It's empty. So Rose says, I'm going to go back and get my phone and we can take some pictures. But as she's heading back, this is where she meets the Meep.
1: Ah, the Meep. So, Matt, Mm -hmm. you'd seen seen trailers, right? You You'd you'd been spoiled on, on the existence of the Meep and its appearance. But having said that, Watching it in the context of this episode, my god, it's a lovely practical uh, costume slash puppet because mm. it, it's kind of both. You know, there was there was a performer inside.
2: Yeah, so I, again, I had a look today when I was doing like the cast list, and obviously, yeah. I, I knew Miriam Margolyes did the voice. But then there's yeah. like somebody listed as the meat performance, and then there's two people who are the puppeteers, and I think there is a yeah. little bit of visual effects. I mean, certainly, yes, at yeah. one point in the story, there's some visual effects, and I think they're pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the way they did it was um, they did there, there were animatronics in the face, but they also when they were filming Miriam Mug. Uh, when they were recording Miriam Margulies' lines, they were filming her face as well, so that they could kind of map her facial expressions onto the uh, character with CG. So it's a real fusion of practical and, and uh, computer effects. And it it works so well. Yeah. It's so much... I'm so glad that it wasn't fully CG. You know, it, yeah. it, it makes such a difference, I think, having something physically in the space for, for performers to work with. And, and uh, yeah, and, and it, it, it's... It's also... There's kind of... A, it's pleasingly old school, in a way. You know, it takes you back to things like E.T. and stuff, which, obviously, this part of the story is kind of riffing on to an extent... So, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Plus, uh, obviously, I was aware before this aired that there was the Meep, and yeah. it's a character from the comics. And I had no knowledge of any stories, but yeah. I had seen some pictures, probably on Twitter. Of the me yeah. where it's got razor sharp fangs. I think it's even holding a gun, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. "Ha ha ha! I'm the evil meep!" And I was like, yeah. "Oh, that's that's some good fan art of this cute little goblin thing." That'll be yeah. that'll be silly if it was a bad guy, but uh, yeah, we'll come <laughs> to that.
1: Okay. Yeah, we will. We will. <laughs> so
2: yeah, so it's all calm and meek, and it's been hunted by monsters
1: the wrath warriors and i think yeah. they look great they do don't they it's like uh, what, the one of the things that i love you know with the meep with with the wrath warriors with the spaceship it you can you can tell that this was adapted from a comic mm. it has that kind of visual energy and inventiveness to it yeah. And in some ways it kind of makes perfect sense because so much of this I think is RTD in a sense responding to the rise of the MCU and comic book movies and things like that. Because you got to remember when, when the show came back in 2005, that's three years before Iron Man. Mm. I mean they finally and, caught and up because
2: it's... the sonic screwdriver is basically Iron Man's suit in this story.
1: Yes, yeah, we will get to that. We'll about <laughs> don't that. you worry. Right. Um <laughs>
2: Um but
1: yeah. The the fact, Wrath Warriors look great, I agree. That, that's
2: the following scene. He's got it projecting like a okay. little computer screen.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I don't hate the, the the little visual screen. I gotta be honest. I liked I liked it paired well with, like... I like the way David Tennant played the scene, where he's got this kind of, like, body language, where he's sort of... He's deep in thought and and absorbed in what he's looking at. And, like... So it, it all kind of worked. He sold it really well, I think. Um, and I like that you got to see him, like, drawing it out mm. first. So it wasn't just push a button and there's a projection. But it's like he's actually manifesting it because, to be honest, is it any sillier than what Matt Smith would do where he just, you know, whiz something and then sort of click a button and look at the sonic screwdriver like it is projecting a screen, but nobody can see it except for him? Mm, I
2: thought that because there's definitely instances where they hold it up to their ear and just listen to what it's telling them. So, yeah, this makes more sense.
1: Yeah. It's like, yeah, at the end of the day, it's it's a magic wand. It's a plot device. And it, I like that it evolves. You know, we've very much established that it is, that it's an evolving tool that occasionally gets new features. So that in itself, I, did, I, I didn't like. And I was actually kind of thought when that was happening, I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, to the point that it distracted me from the dialogue a little bit in that scene. But, uh, but yeah. or oh, but also it is just a nice scene because he's with uh, he's with I forget her name now. Is it Shirley? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It is because this uh, is the, where the he tells her advisor. there's a damaged dagger drive. Yeah, and that there's two factions at play here, and
1: the universe yeah. is starting to turn around Donna. Yep. Which is, you know, RTD portentous mumbo-jumbo, isn't it? Yeah. Let's be honest. So, unit get a signal from
2: inside the ship, and when they open the door, a big celestial light enters the soldiers.
1: Yeah. Uh, And then they were completely fine. Better than ever, if anything. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that, that was that was one of those moments where you just like that's it. that is such a sci-fi trope isn't it mm. you know weird yeah. entity possesses things and you can tell they've been possessed because their eyes glow and they talk slowly and weirdly yeah, well, think about and, uh, the satan pig yeah. where
2: they all had weird black eyes right yeah we've seen it a thousand times before
1: we have okay. it's fine
2: visual so, shorthand yeah uh, Rose goes to the shed to visit the Meep and talks to all the toys. Sorry, it is talking to all the toys that Rose makes. Yeah. Donna yeah. enters the shed because it's bin night and Rose hasn't taken the bin out, um, and she thinks that the Meep is one of the toys. Now, yes, it it's a golfing quality, isn't
1: it? Between what Rose is producing. <laughs> well, to be fair. You know, Donna does say oh, that's your best one yet, and she's mm. marveling at how realistic it is and stuff. Right. And uh, I love the moment where she pokes it in the eye.
2: Yeah, she notices it blinks, and then she just goes and jabs it in the <laughs> eye. Um, so, this is the point at which the doctor arrives at Sylvia's house. Uh, yeah. A little bit of interplay between the doctor and Sylvia, which I quite liked. Including yes. where she slaps him. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah, this is possibly S- the can most. Can I say
1: Sil- Sylvia and, and the actor who plays it? Who I forget, I forget her name. What is it?
2: Um, give me two seconds. Some, somebody King.
1: Surname's King. I'm sure. Um, here we go. Star
2: Beast. Let's just go down to the cast list. It is Jacqueline
1: King. Jacqueline King. Um and yeah, she's possibly MVP of this episode, yeah. to be honest. I think her performance is fantastic. Yeah, really, really the good. The range of what she does. Um yeah. Uh, Hello, but
2: this is the most confusing part of the entire episode. Yeah. Because Sean comes home and Yeah and says, Oh, something smells nice. And she says, yeah, I've made tuna madras. (laughs) Yeah. Who the hell is cooking tuna madras? And who the (laughs) hell thinks it smells
1: nice? I've had fish curry hundreds of times, but never tuna madras. Tuna madras feels like a step too far, doesn't it? Mm. It does. But, like apparently RTD insists it's a real dish. It's like one that he grew up with so he threw it in there. You can tell if you you ever wanted a a signifier of RTD's status as a writer it's the fact that he could put something like Tuna Madrash in a story and no one else is going to take it out and say, nope, that's too weird, that's going to be off-putting for everyone. (laughs) It's going to completely detract from the scene. No, he, if you might tune a Madras" in a episode. script, it's staying in there. Yeah. Right. Uh,
2: the Doctor asks about Wilf, and we learn, sadly, that he's yeah. not with us anymore.
1: Because he yeah. lives in sheltered accommodation. Um, it's a low blow. and I, I, I tell you what, that gives me confidence that they were able to use some of the scenes that they shot with him. Because... I don't think you keep that gag in the script if you're not giving us some Wilf in the final episode.
2: Oh yeah. Now, after we talked about how well it was handled earlier in the episode, yeah, I again, I, like, I, I don't necessarily feel comfortable criticising this because, as I say, I'm I'm no expert, but the conversation about assuming the meat's gender. Yeah,
1: do we need it? I think that was a little ham fisted. Yeah, that's
2: clearly a a
1: middle class white
2: man writing this, isn't (laughs) it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it, look, I hesitate to use the phrase because it's one of those phrases that has been kind of twisted and misappropriated to the point of almost being useless but it smacks a little bit of virtue signalling, I think. Mm. It's RTD reminding us that he's down with the kids and he knows, you you know, he's paying attention to their conversations. Yeah, fine. But also, in the context of this particular story, this character was a woman themselves. like 24 hours ago. So... (laughs) Yeah. it's a bit weird to suddenly be kind of harping on about oh you're a man and you so you've assumed that yeah. uh, it must be uh, a male as well, well then i suppose um, these characters
2: wouldn't have known that he was
1: journey Whitaker two days ago no but the fact that the doctor doesn't then i mean i guess it gets makes it too complicated honestly again it's for one of the things where i mean like i could see why it ended up in a draft but maybe that could have been snipped out and it wouldn't have harmed the episode.
2: No, no. Um, So the Meep has two hearts, and whilst we'll have this conversation, the possessed unit soldiers arrive. Uh, They have a big old shootout with some of the Wrath soldiers, and this is where we get the sonic screwdriver walls. Yeah. As well as projecting screens, (laughs) they're almost like hard light screens where... The Doctor can just push them out of the way and it blocks some shots and they can make a quick escape upstairs.
1: Yeah. Okay. One new Sonic gimmick per episode is enough, I think. Mm. Or per series, to be honest. Let's be honest. Um... The fact that the Doctor can just conjure walls with his magic wand that can stop lasers and bullets feels a little OP to me. And whilst I will... I'll I'll accept... First of all, it took a while for them to be created. It's not like he could just push a button and they were there. And also... They only withstood a certain amount before shattering, so we 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 firmly established that there are limitations on this as a tool. Yeah, but even so, it I worry about the precedent that it sets. And in the future, we're going to end up watching episodes and thinking, "Well, why didn't the Doctor just just sonic up one of his magic walls?"
2: Yeah. Like I say, I I get get the feeling this is one of the sort of Doctor Who goes Hollywood gimmicks that we're going to see a lot.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 I hope not too much. I hope we can find the level. I'm putting it up now to sort of like giddy excitement. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So they escape through the attics of the house to Sean's taxi. When they do, the doctor notices something strange on one of the knocked out soldiers and says, Either we've just escaped or we got things very wrong. And this is like the turning point of the episode, I would say. Yeah. yeah. So they hide in a car park where the doctor, from inside his coat pocket, pulls out a judge's wig. He summons some of the Wrath soldiers and holds like a shadow proclamation court. Um, yes. So the evidence he produces is there's no scorch marks on the tor- on the taxi, sorry, and the yep. soldier had been knocked unconscious, not killed, because the wrath have stun guns. And yeah. This is where we get the big revelation where the Meep Society had a son that went crazy, and they called it the psychedelic sun. This drove all the Meeps mad. Somehow they turned into little light ghosts. And Beat the Meep is the Meep leader. And this is the bit I meant yes. where the CGI is really good, where that cutesy, lovely little Meep, you could imagine kids having a cuddly toy of that at Christmas time,
1: turns uh-huh. into yeah.
2: this horrific little monster.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Backed up brilliantly by Miriam magler's performance, yeah, as well. Yeah, we haven't really like, talked
2: about the the voice acting of the meat, but it, it's strong. No.
1: The the yeah the 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 practical effects, the CG, the the voice performance, it's all working perfectly, and I think it. You know, it's if not that beat the beat needed it within needed it within the hardcore fandom but i think now within the wider fandom uh their place is now solidified as one of the the great doctor who monsters yeah you know whatever else you might say about this episode it's a great turn <laughs> and i don't think anyone would be sad if we got a you know a, a sequel appearance from from beat all
2: I kept thinking was like you compare this to something like the yeah, the Meep's coming back it's in the similar way to what they tried to do with the Ood you could make this like the iconic little villain of this era couldn't you
1: yes though I, I will say I'm very sad to hear I was listening to a Chris Chibnall interview a while ago and he mentioned that there were plans at one point for a sequel story featuring the uh, the Pating just called Patings. So it was going to be like Aliens, oh, aliens but with Patings. Aliens. Yes. And you know what? That is great. And I'm sad that we didn't get that. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe that's one for Big Finish one day. But... Right. Uh, yeah.
2: So the Meep kills the Wrath soldiers as all the Meep soldiers arrive. Yeah. Uh, the doctor so implores... can I
1: can I just check I did I did want to ask so were you genuinely surprised by this heel turn from beat the mate yeah
2: i I, I just assumed it was gonna be like the doctor's little funny
1: mate that's genuinely delightful because I honestly assumed that it would run for a couple of six-year-olds in the audience, but everyone else could have seen no, it come into Like I life. say,
2: even though I've seen the artwork where the, the meat was like this <laughs> crazed killer, I just thought that yeah. was like some sort of weird deviant some... art project. Some of yeah, someone,
1: someone was just having a laugh. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. I'll tell uh, you what,
1: Matt, at some point, for a bonus episode, there is a short, I think it's like 20, 30 minutes, there is a short Big Finish release with uh, Colin Baker and beat the Meep. I think we need to do it as a bonus. Yeah, we need to do that as a bonus release at some point, I think. But anyway, that's for down the line. (laughs) Right.
2: Um, Yeah, the Doctor implores the Meep to take them as hostage. Uh, Donna says she regrets giving all the money away. We could have been anywhere else but here. Rose would be safe. But she did it because it meant she could help. We learn that the Meep ship landed in the steelworks for repair and its dagger drive stabs into the planet and would burn five square miles to use as fuel Uh to get the Meep back off Earth. Yeah. Um, So whilst the Doctor and his little Scooby gang are being led around, they bump into Shirley, who's got darts in a wheelchair now,
1: Okay, okay, RTD. Yeah, no. Okay, so we mentioned earlier, like his big thing was when when he did Davros, Sand's travel machine in uh the Children Need Thing. He he was very clear in the behind the scenes stuff that going forwards, this is how he wants to be portraying Davros. Because you know, it's it's not good representation to have. One of your only sort of wheelchair-using uh, characters to be basically uh, space Hitler. Okay, fine. I, I I see what you're saying there, but I but I you know the counter argument to that is well, you don't take away villainy. What you do is you actually add in other characters who who are yeah. also wheelchair users. It, who, you just you know right and...
2: around that problem, yeah. don't you? So Not around so it, but
1: you could address
2: RT- it in the writing. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Uh, so so RTD is kind of doing both. He's giving us a wheelchair user who's a heroic character and who's you know one of the good guys. But flipping Eck, the the weapons in the wheelchair it's it's a bit too Roger Moore era James Bond for my liking. Mm.
2: Yeah. Because she has darts that um, knock out some of the guards. And then when the Doctor needs to get a quick getaway, like... she's got some rockets.
1: Yeah. Because, yeah. like, as a wheelchair user, would you really want to be just kind of wheeling around with, like, weapons-grade explosives? Like... No. ...inches away from your body? Yeah. I just... It's... Yeah. It's... Uh, it, and I know that's me me kind of being all sort of logical and serious about a TV show that also features, like, a two-foot-tall, murderous, fluffy owl creature. (laughs) You know? But it's... uh, uh, okay. let me put it this way. RTD's heart is obviously in the right place with, with what he's doing with this character and with Rose. Um... As well, but I hope to God he doesn't have a crack at writing an autistic character. <laughs> Let, let's just talk about this <laughs> in world, right? Okay.
2: You've got a science advisor here in Shirley. She's a wheelchair user. Yeah. She has not bought that wheelchair at a shop. Someone in no. unit has designed her a wheelchair with weapons in. How do you broach yes. that conversation? <laughs>
1: Do you think she cut? Co- she sh- sidles up with some blueprints one day. It's like, hey, uh, Gavin, I know you got these other projects on for Kate at the moment, but check out this wheelchair. <laughs> oh, see, have you ever I, thought about I,
2: I, I crossing a wheelchair
1: be... with a tank? I was thinking the conversation went the other way. Like, surely, oh right, surely
2: you, you know we've we've implemented a lot of policies since you've joined us. Obviously. <laughs> The elevators and ramps, we've brought in the doorways yeah. for access, we've put darts yeah. in your wheelchair. Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'll tell you what, if you didn't like the darts, you're not going to love what comes next. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, jeez. Hmm. But okay, yeah. So like I say, well meaning, and you look, I don't want to harp on it too much because. I bet you there will have been some, you know, eight year old wheelchair users sat watching this episode, and that moment happens, and they were probably punching the air um, and thinking that is the coolest shit imaginable. Plus, and, this was only you know, three weeks be... on fire night. They could go out, get some fireworks, strap yeah. them
2: to the wheelchair. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. But, you know, so. The the, the non cynical part of me wants to acknowledge that 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 might lead to some you know wonderful playground games and who are we to to take that away from anyone? But I did cringe slightly when it was happening. Right. So yeah, the doctors
2: run away. The, uh, Donna goes after him, saying, "I have to help." That's kind of been her slogan throughout this episode. But this is the first time she acknowledges him as Doctor. So Sylvia begins to worry that she's starting to remember. Yes, Uh, yeah. So they get locked in the engine control room for the Meep ship. The Doctor's trying to stop the launch, stop this drive, destroying London. But the room is split in two. The Doctor on one half, Donna on the other. Um, So he starts issuing commands to Donna to try and get her to help, but it's not necessarily working. So the Doctor then proposes,
1: he says, I can save everyone, but it'll cost you your life. Okay, so I'm just going to pause you there for a second, Matt, to acknowledge that this is the point in which this episode drops off a flipping cliff for me. (laughs)
2: I uh I uh, yeah the first time I watched it I didn't really understand it but I just kind of yeah. took it and just went yeah that was all right
1: today I watched
2: it and I was like is it for me
1: yeah it yeah it's basically th- th- from this point on I'm going to really struggle to have nice things to say about anything that occurs <laughs> um it, but the one thing i struggled with is it it
2: breaks its own rules but it doesn't it just introduces factors we were unaware would impact those rules like yes, the whole yeah. you will die and then they just go oh no because and it's something we just didn't think could happen yeah. so we'll
1: talk about it's that. not
2: yes yeah move on so Donna says, that's fine. If it means Rose survives and everyone else survives, we'll go for it. So the Doctor begins to recite the code, which helps
1: Donna to remember. Uh, she erupts yeah, which a, we didn't, a little bit. We was never established was a thing, to be clear. No. I thought that. I, and, I couldn't
2: remember it. Yeah, Like this, you know, yeah. obviously he recites the word binary. Was that a thing
1: last yeah. time? No, no, it's it's all it's all retroactive, and again, he's totally nicked it from Captain America: Civil War. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, she
2: <laughs> erupts a bit with some time lord energy, and then she's absolutely furious that being like the Doctor subconsciously made her give away her lottery winnings. Yeah, um, but with her newfound time lord knowledge she shuts the ship down. She does it single-handedly. The Doctor just kind of watches on in awe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course, this means the meep is raging.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, let's. We, we must acknowledge as well that prior to this, we'd seen great, you know, glowing cracks of magma forming across the streets of, of London. And by shutting it down, they, they just sort of magically heal?
2: Well, I wanted to nod to the CGI there, because when they erupt, yeah. it looks great. But when you reverse that yeah. footage to close it,
1: it looks chonky. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any not-stupid way for that to look, because it's patently ridiculous.
2: And, of course, um, Fudge is up so... in the window watching the whole thing.
1: Yeah, because that's what you do, right? If if like there's some sort of insane earthquake and like lava is seemingly spewing out of your street, you just sort of su- just stand there impassively and watch it from a first story window. Yeah. You know, your parents wouldn't sort of try and usher you away <laughs> or anything. Like, why why is nobody panicking? Yeah. And the The idea that if these cracks are forming all over, that it's not going to disrupt any buildings, that it's just following streets, but you know, not running underneath any buildings at any point, not causing anything to collapse. You know, it's lazy. Yeah. It's it's like fine. don't. Don't write that kind of thing into your script if you're not prepared to deal with the consequences of it. Mm. Uh, anyway, um, it's it, you see this is this is these are the things where I'm like ah uh, yeah, it's RTD because yeah. <laughs> this is how he does his big moments. It's it's all about the emotions, and he couldn't give a monkey's about any other aspect. Um, um. so yeah
2: Donna says the Doctor has come back with this face so that he has the chance to say a proper goodbye then Donna dies yeah. Uh, yeah. the Doctor says that the meat <laughs> is defeated by the Doctor Donna uh, but then yes. Donna just comes back to life it turns out Rose yeah. has saved them all because Hooray. the Meta Crisis was passed yeah. on from Donna to Rose, and all yeah. that knowledge that Donna had suppressed had guided Rose through her life, including choosing the name Rose. The shed that she works uh-huh. in resembles the TARDIS. All the toys she's made, uh, yeah. The different races, and then yeah. Am I right in thinking in that the Doctor reciting the word binary as part of the code? Had led, yeah. like, it's indicated that he'd basically yeah. caused that. Have, have I, I don't that? think.
1: I don't think that's the implication. I think RTD got carried away with the chance for some wordplay, and so we get the sort of little thing of binary, non binary. Ha, ah, okay, I see what he did there. But the, the trouble I have with that, and again, I am a cis man, I, so p- 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 if there's any trans listeners who wish to correct me on this please feel free. Um, my understanding is Rose throughout this story has been using she, her pronouns mm-hmm. and therefore is not non-binary. So
2: I mean that lines up with my understanding, but I'm no... Yeah,
1: expert. so so that Again, that feels like... It, it feels like, you know, because he did so well with the representation earlier in this episode, it feels like he almost throws it away at this point. It, by... by denormalizing and making... making her trans identity somehow part of the plot device in, in whatever manner it, it kind of kind of takes away from her just being trans and that's part of who she is, deal with it which is mm. what we kind of needed it to be does that make sense?
2: Yeah yeah so the they say that the Doctor is Male, female, neither and more. So that kind of indicates that the power is split between the three of them, isn't it? Um, Yeah. The Doctor ejects the Meep from his ship. And the Meep is eventually handed over to the Wrath. Uh, But the Meep says, just wait till I tell the boss.
1: Ooh. And, you know, RTD has his cake and eats it there. Because the doctor's like cryptic. I hate that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, we hate it too. (laughs) Now, any guesses, Matt? Any guesses for who the boss is? Um, Rose, but old Rose. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'd love that. Mm. Just, I don't know. I don't. Um, yeah. Right. We'll wait and see, won't we? It'll be nice. It's nice nope. to be surprised by things. You don't, not everything has to be a fan theory. <laughs> no. Yeah. We'll just see where we go with it. <laughs>
2: yeah. You, you know, this meta crisis that is like yeah. a massive problem. <sighs> Turns out Bobby, it's not yeah. a massive problem
1: if you just let it go. Yeah. Just you flipping blokes. Yeah. Let it me just tell you, David. Cuts, you and... know, as a divorced
2: man. <laughs> Women letting it go. <laughs> That's the greatest work of fiction in this episode, if you ask me.
1: <laughs> 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 I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I have no response to that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but again, I feel like it's almost RTD... Trying a little too hard.
2: Yeah. To Women be right are he's on. basically going, Women are great, aren't they? Yeah. Aren't, aren't men silly? Silly men. Oh, those silly men. Although
1: that that does make me sound like a massive incel when I'm saying that.
2: Yeah. Like,
1: but God. and also again, I I I do I try you know I don't want to <sighs> I worry that going forwards, I'm going to end up be coming across like this, some sort of like Chibnall Whitaker, fanboy, apologist, whatever. But bottom line, I did like, you know, on average, probably more than half of that era, which is about the going rate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, broadly speaking, I didn't have any major issues, especially with Whitaker's performance. And I'm not a big fan of the level to which it feels like she's being swept under the rug here. Again, you know, they're, they're having to go at the Doctor as a quote-unquote male-presenting character. It's like, he was a woman half an hour ago. Cut him some slack. Yeah. So... Yeah, I I find I find that a little frustrating. No. but anyway, glad, glad glad I'm glad that we have closed the book on this now, and now that frees us up to just tell interesting new stories with these two. That's the but, hope for me. But the doc, let, let me just propose this to you
2: because when you were saying yeah. they've basically scrubbed the Whitaker era. The Doctor invites yeah. Donna onto the TARDIS, one last trip, let's go see Will, And she's like, oh, why don't you come on an adventure with all of us? Why don't you just try having friends for a change? Whittaker yeah. had the biggest TARDIS team you've ever seen. You can move for yeah. people on her TARDIS.
1: Yeah, but that's the thing. She did have friends. That was kind of the whole deal. Um She wasn't always great at having them, but she really tried. It was a very conscious attempt to move away from the quote-unquote lonely god characterisation. Mm. But we're right back in it with with Tenon. And, yeah, I I find it tedious. Um, But anyway, should we get to the TARDIS reveal? Yeah, because I
2: really like the new TARDIS.
1: God, it's not bad, is it? I it's like, not
2: bad. I, I like the clean white circles. Is like obviously a heart black tribute, but it's yeah, bright yeah. and it's big. And I didn't like an yeah.
1: claustrophobic dark TARDIS. No, it's so much better than Whittington. <laughs> it just yeah. is. Um, it hasn't got weird I love trees that... growing in it or whatever those things yeah, I were. Lo- I love that it's got levels again. Yeah. That's always great. Um, I like that it's wheelchair accessible. Yeah. That's genuinely pretty cool. Um, the, yeah, the colour changing roundels. Gorgeous. They mm. can do, they're, they're going to do some lovely stuff with that, I hope. Um, and... Uh, yeah, and, and that, that tracking shot of, of uh, Tennant just running around like a giddy child yeah, in the TARDIS, which was apparently his idea.
0: Oh, really? He basically
1: said to, to Rachel Tulley, Hey, what I would love to do is to just run around the whole thing. And they were like, oh, OK, well, we'll have to like plan a whole tracking shot. And it's going to take most of a day, but sure, fine, let's go for it. So yeah, I it it's it worth it. It's it's a great it's a great moment. Um I will say it's a little too bare for my liking. And I'm hopeful that it will follow a similar trajectory to the to the TARDIS that was introduced in uh Matt Smith's final run of episodes and then became firmly established as, as Capaldi's TARDIS. And it looks a bit cold and clinical in those Matt Smith episodes, but then you get the chalkboards and the bookcases, and it just looks a little more lived in with yeah. Capaldi, and it suits his doctor better. So I I hope that by the time shooter Gatwick gets uh, takes over, the the the, the 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 his doctor will put his stamp on that TARDIS. Because obviously they're not getting rid of it after three episodes. Yeah. A lot of money's gone into this set, so we've got it for the foreseeable. Um, yeah. I, as things stand, I would say it doesn't beat Capaldi's TARDIS. That to me is still the best new Who TARDIS, okay, okay. without a doubt. But but right. it, it's it's a close second. Just to wrap it up, Donna
2: spills yeah. some coffee on the console. It all yes. goes wrong. They could go anywhere
1: in time and space. We don't know what the next episode's about. We don't... I I didn't watch the next time trailer.
2: Nope.
1: I'm I'm going in completely blind. And as well, they've said that that they have intentionally avoided putting any material from that second episode in any of the promotional trailers for this three-part series. Yeah. So we've seen stuff from the Starbeast. We've seen stuff from the last episode, The Giggle. But Wild Blue Yonder, they've left completely out of the promotional stuff. So I'm like, okay, I'm not even going to watch the next time then. I just want to go in completely blind. Uh, And I'm very much looking forward to doing that. So, Matt, uh, next time we talk, I guess that's what we're going to be discussing. Uh, I don't know exactly when that will be. It might be next week might be two weeks from now, might be in the new year. We don't know, listeners. Uh, but we will try and keep you posted. And uh, I, I hope you've enjoyed us coming back for this little, um, yeah, semi-revival. I just, I couldn't I couldn't keep a lid on it any longer. I'm glad we had the, the chance to talk about this one, Matt, because yeah, uh, we had much to discuss.
2: And um, how can people miss us if we don't go away, David?
1: Well, indeed, indeed. Do you think we, we've so come back we, to like
2: overwhelming popular like reviews? Do you think this is going to be an all time great?
1: <laughs> uh, what, this uh, this episode, uh, The Star Beast?
2: Yeah, it, no, like our review of it. Is this the one we're going
1: to submit oh. to the National Podcast Awards? Oh, yeah, I, uh, obviously. Yeah. Good. It's got some of our best work, yeah. no doubt. You know, two, two, uh, two cis men awkwardly tiptoeing around <laughs> <laughs> conversations of tra- of trans representation. Uh, oh, me man. doing a weird curry burp that you're hopefully going to edit out. <laughs> what what if we get cancelled? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but it. it uh, I mean, if nothing else, Matt, it 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 does feature. It, a detailed description of a roast chicken with a banana up its ass. What more do you want in life? <laughs> well, quite. Uh, uh, so, thanks for joining us for that, listeners. It's been fun. Yeah. And hopefully, we'll talk to you again soon. You got anything else you wanted to say, Matt? No, no. Just catch you next time, right? Yeah, we'll bugger off then. Right, Uh, thanks as always for listening. Until next time, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space.
2: If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com. And on Twitter, we are at Pod.
1: And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.